Yo, what's good, y'all? My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve, the professor on your web browsers. Welcome once again to the Who Needs a Classroom podcast. Uh, Shouts to all the folks that tuned in last week. I'm going to try to keep this momentum going uh, every week, so please keep tuned in and tell some folks to do the same. Um, Wanted to continue to kind of help you understand my perspective and where I'm coming from, because before we can get into too much of what's going on in the world, um, it's helpful to know where the person speaking to you is coming from. And so um, I want to talk to you about a mindset that I've used for a long, long time and one that I've applied to multiple situations. Um, and it kind of comes from my sports background. Um, I was a walk-on. A walk-on, if you don't follow sports and don't know what that is, is someone who joins a collegiate uh, team without a scholarship. And in some cases is able to earn a scholarship. I was. Um, in some cases does not. But joins the team without financial compensation, oftentimes without being recruited, oftentimes without any guarantee of play um, or, or, or a playing time. Um, and so I did this back in 1999. I was a freshman. I went to Virginia Tech. I had a good high school career in football. I was first team all state as a corner. I was three-way first team all district as a corner receiver and kick returner, but I was in single A, and none of those accolades meant much um, for a D1 program uh, that was you know, perennial top 25 um, as in, in the top 25 as Virginia Tech was. And so um, went there kind of thinking I could just make it because I was fast and I was a good player. I uh, did not make it the first time in the fall. Two track guys made it ahead of me. I found out later that Virginia Tech had a policy of uh, the fastest two guys make the team. And so first time, I think I ran a 4.5. Uh, other guys ran 4.4s. Four two guys made it ahead of me. So I had to kind of come to grips with that that fall. Um, had to say, okay, am I really about this? Do I really think this through? Am I really going to be able to walk on here? And so I had to go down the path of kind of solo workouts. Had some folks I worked out with a little bit here and there, but really had to grind it out that fall. Ended up gaining like 25 pounds, um, something like that, so that I would be able to compete at the college level. I knew they might throw me on defense. um, and I knew I need need to be able to hit and and have some way of protecting myself. So gained a lot of muscle, uh, got faster. I was focused on um, my strength conditioning at a high level. Um, diving into books. I was studying that school at the time, and so I was kind of applying it to myself. So in the spring, I was able to make it. I was the fastest guy at tryouts. Um, They always make, after you do your first 40-yard dash, they make the top two to a race, and I had to race Javon Jenkins, uh, who ended up being the Atlantic 10 uh, 100-meter champion, I believe, maybe 60-meter as well. Um, I think I beat him that day, but then they kind of joked that the winner would would join the team, and they ended up letting us both make the teams, which was cool. Um, and so then you have to make it, like, stay on the team. So that spring, they put me at, I think, like a strong safety type position. They call it whip. And um, I was too small. I was, I was too small for that. It was more of a blitzing run support type of position. I could do the pass cover stuff, but the run support was rough. And so got cut. Um, got cut from the team. My position coach told me that he knew I could play football, but I, he agreed with me that I was probably at the wrong position. And so... Um, I kind of just kept calling him every two weeks in the summer, kind of harassed him, but he told me, I, you know, as long as I didn't call too often, I wasn't harassing him. And I was kind of just waiting for somebody to, to open up a spot. Maybe somebody have bad grades in the summer school. Maybe somebody, I don't know, what I was hoping a spot would open. Um, and he kind of kept telling me one might, one might. He kind of led me on a little bit, but then uh, I kept in contact, came back in the fall. They sent me to tryouts again. Went there, fastest guy again. I kind of, that gave me the confidence to know that I could make the team. 
Uh, even if I got cut, I could go back and be the fastest guy. So that gave me a lot of confidence to know that I could walk on anytime I needed to. So ended up making the team. They put me a receiver. Um, long story short, I was able to kind of persevere and find my way to have some great games to earn a scholarship. Uh, ended up getting to go to the NFL for a little while while Brett Favre was there. Ended up having great experiences um, that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't just chose to go a route that really wasn't open to me. And so, you know, there was nobody at Virginia Tech saying, you can come here. Yeah, you can earn a spot. I, I literally went there, I think, during my senior year of high school. My mom, like, forced me to go to the football office, and she literally had some newspaper clippings and had, like, a highlight tape with her and was – and she, we, we, went, uh, we went and saw John Belin, um, who, if you know, old school Virginia Tech was a key part of um, how Coach Beamer operated things. And he kind of just really turned me away and really turned, like, tried to talk us out of coming to Virginia Tech and doing this. He kind of said, you know, we want prototypical receivers. We got Ricky Hall here. He's 6'4", or 6' whatever, and, and you're not going to be able to make it here. You need to f- do something else. And I think hearing that no helped me. I think being told, you know, you can't help serve me in a different way. And so that's part of this walk on mindset. So some key things here that I think helped me. And, and as I you know, went through life, I applied this over and over, this idea that you can open doors that aren't even open to you. You, it, you don't have to take no for an answer. Just because you don't have those scholarship offers, just because don't, they don't think you can make it, doesn't mean you, you can't do all kinds of things. So I think as I wanted to go through this idea of, of what a walk, what's key to a walk on mindset, uh, one is can do. Um, I can do this. Whether you tell me I can or not, I can do this. And so I think, you know, almost all walk-ons share this this idea that nobody can put a limit on your potential, that, that folks might say he can't play at this level, he can't compete here, he's not going to be able to, to, to start or to, you know, have, have playing time. And again, I want this all to be metaphorical. It's not just sports. It's like this could be the person who doesn't have the Ivy League education who works at this new firm, and they think he's not doesn't have the educational background. Or she's the first neuroscientist at this university, and they don't think she can keep up with their male counterparts. So this, I mean this to be metaphorical to other places in life, not just football. But um, you get you know, underestimated a lot of times in life for various reasons. that, that They don't think you can be a part of this higher, um, excelling level of, of performance. And so... The walk-ons and myself, um, and this is that mindset, we don't think you're right. We think we know our potential. We can do anything, and if we set our mind about it, we're going to do that. And so it's this idea, you know, this, this can-do, you-can't-tell-me-no attitude. Um, that's a huge part of this. And so as that person who, who joins the team and starts to walk on or becomes a walk-on, um, you know, what does that look like? What is their approach? Um, in my experience, once you're on the team or you join this thing and you, you got a spot, so maybe you, you join this law firm and now you have a spot, you have work to do, that's where the work ethic comes in. Because I think the attrition rate for walk-ons in the five years I was at Virginia Tech, four and a half years, probably 90 plus percent, 95 percent. These are kids who come in for a semester or a year and, and end up, you know, kind of it's very competitive and they can't make it. And, and it's difficult to compete with the scholarship guys. And so um, this perseverance, this, this ability to thrive, really, it depends on your work ethic. How hard are you willing to work? Um, one of my favorite coaches of all time, Coach Gentry, um, I think I was at the program for about a month that first spring, and I was asking for extra things in the weight room because I think in my head I knew I had a chance of being cut, 
and I needed to take advantage of the time while I was there. So I was kind of picking his brain and saying, Coach, is there some extra things I could do here for, I don't even know what it was, core work or shoulders or whatever. And um, he kind of took me aside, showed me some things, and then afterwards told me I was the hardest worker that he had there. And I looked back, and I don't know why he, at first I didn't know why he said that, but I think in hindsight he realized I was this walk-on who'd gotten underdogged, who'd been looked down upon, who didn't have folks telling me, good job and pat me on the back. And he kind of knew that and realized it. And my experience with Coach Gentry was always one of kind of, he kind of was applauding what I was doing. He knew I was already motivated. He didn't need to light a fire under me. He needed to kind of, you know, coax me along and and give me some positive feedback when I did the right thing. So that was an amazing experience to see the ways that that, that he could coach people differently because Coach Gentry is really known for really being kind of aggressive at times or, or known for really firing people up. And I didn't need that. I had a, had a motor, as they say in football. They call it a motor. Like, I'm going to always play hard, run around, you know, go to the whistle, all those things. Some people are going to work hard. Some people um, come into your business, and they're there early. They're there late. They, they want to get it done. They have that, that high-functioning motor. Um, some people you have to kind of teach that to. Um, walk-ons not often. Usually walk-ons have a motor about them. We know that if we get a couple snaps – in that play or in that game, if we get a couple, you know, three or four plays this drive or we get to start this drive and do it as long as it lasts, we're going to go as hard as possible. And so we would call that a sense of urgency. Um, walk-ons know about the sense of urgency. I'm, I may not get another play. If I'm going to be in this play, I'm going to try to get an interception, cause a fumble. I'm going to cause havoc out here. If it's basketball, I'm going to get a steal and we're going to cause a turnover, whatever it might be. Um, and so walk-ons know to make the most of their opportunities. They know to work hard when they get an opportunity, and they know when their number is called that it might not get called again. Um, because the fact of the matter, on a D1 program, there's, what, 85 scholarships? And so then, you know, there might be four or five receivers in front of me that they recruited. They spent time with talking to their parents. They, they have financial interest in them. And their potential is through the, through the roof. So, And I'm this guy just trying to make the team. So by definition, you're going to get different sets of opportunities. You're going to get... Um, they're going to look at you in a different way, and that, that, that affects you over time. Um, being looked at as an underdog for a long time will affect how you look at yourself eventually. So that work ethic type idea, for me, it was always let's outwork everybody. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outwork all my peers. And it wasn't just that I'm going to outwork you. It's that I wanted to be better than you, and I knew I had to outwork you. Um, in high school, I remember some, some camp taught me about, like, you know, one day, you know, you're going to meet this guy who's been getting up every day at 6 a.m. And if you haven't been getting up at 6 a.m. and working out, he's going to be better than you. And it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's kind of a mental game you play. But in college, you realize you do meet these folks. You meet folks who've been working. Um, in, in, my, in my rap game experience, you end up realizing there's folks who rap hard every day, folks who freestyle every day, folks who are sharp. And if you haven't been sharpening your sword, you're not going to really compete in certain moments in the right way with them. And so... You know, you are going to meet this hypothetical competition one day, so you should be as sharp as possible um, if you plan on competing. I think walk-ons tend to have this idea of proving themselves, of, of, you know, just by definition, a chip on their shoulder that, you know, folks, you know, kind of the Randy Moss rookie year mindset of like, okay, you guys all passed up on me. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And, and that, that chip on your shoulder goes a long way because you really want to, it really makes, makes you demand your best every time you step onto the field or into a competitive environment. I feel like walk-ons are good at making the most of opportunities um, or this walk-on mindset can help help with that. I kind of meant to post this with the idea that not just you know how you have to be a walk-on, but if you're a scholarship player, if you're that superstar, if you're 
if you apply kind of an underdog mindset, a walk-on mindset to anything you do, you're going to get the best out of yourself. So if you're already excelling and then you apply this sense of urgency, this, um, you know, make the most of opportunities, this, you know, humble work ethic, you will get the best out of you for sure. If you think about an underdog, um, kind of by definition, like, you know, imagine a stray dog. I mean, you think about what dogs are by kind of definition. They're wolves that come close to the campfire. And so if you're a stray dog that doesn't eat very often, when somebody throws some food in front of you, so like metaphorically, like if that was, you know, that's playing time for an athlete, so some f- opportunity to eat. If that's thrown in front of this stray dog or this dog that everybody looks down on, they're going to eat. <laughs> they're going to eat fast and, you know, voraciously. They're going to wolf it down. And so when you throw a walk-on in the game and the right opportunity and give them an opportunity, oftentimes they just, they eat. They, they explode for an incredible performance. Um, and so... Sometimes folks are underestimated and then they really just overachieve. They rise way above and beyond what folks expected of them. And, you know, that comes from the work. That comes from putting in the work behind the scenes so that your talent has the ability to shine and to show through. Um, So some other aspects of of walk-on type mentalities in my experience, once you make the team and you're not on scholarship, but you are on the team, you kind of have a secure spot you're kind of wanting to keep that spot so you don't want to do something wrong off the field or in, you know, in the classroom or somewhere that would jeopardize your spot. And so you end up doing good things off the field. You kind of, you know, you don't go too hard if you're partying on the weekends. You don't, um, you, you attend class, you, you do your, you get, you get good grades. You, you don't do the wrong things, as, as Coach Beamer used to say. And so walk-ons, I think, notoriously know to do that because we feel like our spot is not solidified until we've really earned it and even at the end, maybe not. So we're going to do the right things for sure. One of the cool things I think about the overachiever idea is once you've gotten there, once say in my case, senior year, when I finally got to be kind of in the starting lineup, I was like the third receiver. And then eventually I became, you know, one of the starting two, all of a sudden you're put in a position to achieve and you've actually worked and earned that. So you're probably strong with skills, strong with ability, know the game. I, again, this is metaphorical. So know your field, know, how to you know handle different situations, whatnot, and then you get put in a position to use those skills, to use the things that you've been you've been really sharpening, and oftentimes you're able to over, you know, overachieve, able to to perform above and beyond what you had expected, even of yourself, and so you end up seeing this goal setting and smashing process um, when a person really begins to thrive. And I saw numerous walk-ons hit this when they would kind of, once they had kind of fought for that year or two to, to have a place and then the program kind of trusted and helped to you know, work them and develop them, these folks would, would thrive and they would you know, see a goal, set a goal for the summer and smash through it, set a goal for the fall or whatever the testing time might be and they would run faster or they would lift more or they would, they would just smash these goals and it comes from a mindset of preparation, of, of working hard, of, of persevering through obstacles and difficulty. And, and it comes from a mindset of, again, I can do this. I, I'm going to do this. Nobody's going to stop me. I'm not going to hear the no that you have for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to battle through. So in my life, I ended up applying this as soon as school was over. I kind of applied this, you know, some of those things to, to teaching. I went on to grad school and, and decided I wanted to be a teacher. And you know, when I when I got my job to be a teacher, when I was offered that that opportunity, I spent two or three years kind of in walk on mode where I was really learning my my craft because I was a young teacher. I think I was 26 when I went to Appalachian State and started full time. 
Uh, they threw me biostatistics two weeks before it started. I wasn't supposed to teach that, but they, the teacher left and they said, hey, you, you, you like math. Can you handle biostatistics? And I ended up teaching that for 10 years, but I had to hustle hard in the beginning, kind of in a walk-on mode to, to handle it, to get out in front of my class a couple weeks and, and have a clue what I was talking about. And I ended up being fine, but initially it was very much kind of like, you know, the guy in front of you broke his ankle and all of a sudden you're in the starting lineup and you aren't ready for it, um, but you, you handle it. So I had to apply that to teaching. Um, during teaching somewhere along the way or kind of during grad school and during that same process, I decided to start writing raps and, and working on, on, on things around that. Didn't ever think I would really pursue it as a career at all or really take it as far as I did, but um, I wanted to be able to do it. I wanted to join the team. I wanted to walk on. And so um, there's no studios and labels where I lived, but I, I found a way, you know, the internet, this is the internet in like 07, 08. I mean, there's, there's blogs, there's ways to figure out and keep up with hip hop. So I applied myself and kind of did the same thing, walked on. Like there was not an open door, but I just kind of made one. Same thing with teaching. There was, wasn't really necessarily, um, this path, but I created one. And so I think it's a mindset definitely of, of I, I, I can do this. I can do whatever, whatever goal I can put in front of myself, I can achieve it. I can go towards it. And if I find a way to do it step by step, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to get there. So, um, I want to share this mainly because, um, I feel like it makes you unstoppable to, to look at the world in a way where nobody's going to hand me this, but I'm going to take it anyway. Nobody's gonna gonna put me in the position that I can put myself in. Um, you can take take on the world and really slay any type of dragon if you if you know how to arm yourself, if you know how to study the craft of what that takes, if you know how to look at those who come before you and learn from them, if you can apply the knowledge and awareness of those things into your own. Um, performance ability and to your own preparation and into the way that you approach your day-to-day tasks, you can get there. You can get anywhere you want to. Um, so I think I hit most of this. I might have had some couple notes that I might have missed. Oh, one, I think walk-ons, I kind of touched it, but walk-ons in general are humble. We kind of have to be. Now, once we achieve something, once once I've gone through three or four years of that and I know I've arrived, sometimes you might feel yourself a little bit because you know what you're capable of and you're starting to show it. But during the process, most walk-ons I know and the approach is very humble. I want to make this team, but I know I might not. I'm going to outwork everybody and, and keep my kind of nose to the grindstone because I want to make it because I know the door isn't really open to me. And so I'm trying to bang this door down. So um, that work ethic I was talking about is kind of a humble, let the work speak for itself type of mindset. Not so much a, a look at me, like I'm out in front working the hardest, but I'm going to set the tone just by example in the way that I approach my craft, the way that I put in the time so that I'm, I'm sharp and I'm polished. And, and that applies to everything. I've applied that same idea to uh, polishing my skills as a wide receiver and footwork and hands to learning how to, you know, rap with triplicates and to, to be a better freestyler and to teaching better when I'm in a classroom to whatever it might be. You can apply um, this approach all kinds of things. So uh, that's what I want to share with y'all. Uh, thank y'all kindly uh, for listening and for spending some time with me here today. Um, so, you know, who needs a classroom? You do. I do. You know, we all need to learn, right? So uh, thank y'all kindly. Be good to each other. Peace.